Well, welcome to the Midlands Young Life Podcast. We have another awesome seminar from our Carolinas Leader Committee Weekend from Emily Wallace talking about Capernaum. I'll have her contact along with some notes she had for this seminar in the show notes, if you can find where those are. Anyway, enjoy. here. Um, If I haven't gotten a chance to meet you, my name is Emily Wallace. I get to serve y'all as the regional Capernaum coordinator. Um, Been on staff for six years, got to spend a few years in Charlotte. Now I live in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, We moved there for my husband's job. He was the funny guy on stage this morning. People fuss at me because I don't normally acknowledge him. I just talk about myself and be like, no, you need to say who your husband is. So that's my husband. Um, we've been in Charlotte for not Charlotte, Charleston for about seven months. Um, it's been really fun, but I'm excited to be here with you guys. I do want to let you guys know if you came to this seminar, like, Hey, I want to, I don't know anything about Capernaum. I'm in an area where we don't have it. And I just want to hear about it. That's great. I'm not really going to be talking about the, like, here's how you start the ministry. Our region in the last 10 years has grown a lot in Capernaum. And so I'm really going to be talking kind of about how to refine ministry and discipleship with our friends. But I'm going to hit a few of the basics. So all that to say, if you do want to hear more about how to get it started, please come grab me after. Let's figure out a time to set up a call in the next couple weeks. I would love to talk to you about that. But I did want to give everybody the heads up if you were here to hear how to get it going. Not exactly what I'm going to talk about. But so glad you're here. Um, We have 10 active ministry, Capernaum Ministries in North and South Carolina, which is really exciting. Um, Like I said, 10 years ago, we only had one. In 2012, when I came on staff, there was only one. And so um, that's really cool. In the last seven years, nine ministries have popped up, and we have a few in the works right now. Charleston stuff is happening. We have movement in Rock Hill, York County. Um, So yeah, super exciting things. So I'm going to jump right in to talk about a few basics, Um, and I'm just going to hit these marks fairly quickly because our time is limited, but um, hear me say, if you are like, ah, we're really struggling with our club right now, we need help, tell your team leader, your team leaders should all have my contact information, and I would love to set up a video conference call within the next month that anybody and everybody in this room could jump on where we could talk about whether it's club stuff, whether it's contact work, or if you're just like, we just need to ask questions about this specific situation in our area, I definitely want to give you guys that opportunity. So um, you'll for sure have chances to ask questions here too. But if you want to talk specifics, let your team leader know that you would love some sort of video call, and we will get that in the works. So we're going to jump right in. Let's talk a little bit about refining ministry. <gasps> Hi, Katie. Come on in. Um, So in Young Life, we all know that we do contact work, right? We go to where kids are. We want to build relationships. Um, If you have been around Capernaum at all, you've probably witnessed you cannot do contact work and Capernaum ministry will still happen. So our friends, because they rely so much on their parents, a lot of times parents will just keep bringing them to club every week, even if you're not at the school, you're not at their basketball games. Um, And sometimes we get into this comfortable place of, well, we still are having 20 friends at club. Well, that's great, but that's not what Young Life is. And so I just want to encourage you guys as you're thinking about your ministry that if we're not doing contact work, if we are not going to where kids are, if we are not meeting their parents, if we are not investing in them outside of our programs, 
then we're not really doing Young Life ministry. The heart of who we are is relational ministry, and so that is the biggest thing. That's like the most crucial thing we need to be doing is going to where they are. Um, Sometimes that can be hard because with traditional Young Life, you can go up to the cafeteria, go to lunches, go to dismissal, get to know kids. They can drive themselves to club or they can find a ride, and that's fine. But with us, oftentimes... If you can go to the school all the time, but until you meet our friends' parents, they're probably never coming to clubs. So you've got to be creative. And so there's things, you, you know, Special Olympics. If there's churches that have, like, respite programs you can volunteer with. Um, a lot of counties have therapeutic recreation departments that put on dances and put on um, or have athletic events and stuff like that. Other places that you can go volunteer. And sometimes that might seem overwhelming like well I'm already volunteering for young life I don't want to I don't have capacity to go volunteer for another thing but if you're like well I need to do contact work and that can be your contact work you know it can kind of be one and the same um because if we're not doing contact work eventually those numbers will drop eventually kids will stop coming our camp numbers will drop and we're not doing what we're being called to so um There's a lot of therapeutic riding centers where there's horseback riding lessons that I feel like are always looking for um, places. Are there any other, for leaders that are actively leading right now, have you found any other resources or places that have been really good spots for contact work outside of the school and the places I've just named? Just want y'all to share ideas if you have any. So it is limited. It is limited. But because our friends have a unique situation, we do need to keep running after that and finding creative ways. I know the Tim Tebow Night to Shine is happening February 8th. A lot of leaders in this room are going to be going there. Um, so that's awesome. So you got to get creative. Talk to parents of friend, your friends. Like they, A lot of them have a list of things their friend, kids are involved in, or you'll find out if they're not involved in any, anything and have all the time in the world to hang out with you. So... Um, But just wanted to encourage you guys in that. Second, club. Um, If you've ever been to a Capernaum club, you know it is hopefully controlled chaos, sometimes uncontrolled, but um, it can feel like a whirlwind. Um, Our friends have have needs that that traditional high school friends don't have. Um, There are, you know, if you do dinner at club, that is a whole ordeal. Getting friends signed in and signed out takes a lot of effort, but I want to encourage you guys, we get the gift of having our friends for that hour, hour and a half, two hours, however long that span is that you're doing, and we, because that's a privilege, we should be using every minute intentionally. We get the chance to use everything we do as a tool to show our friends the gospel and to introduce them to Jesus, and so because our friends show us grace upon grace upon grace and may not realize that, oh, that transition was really awkward and sloppy and that leader missed that cue or whatever, which is great. And yes, show yourselves grace. But I do want to encourage you when it comes to planning club, when it comes to improving your club, we want to make sure that every minute is intentionally being used as a tool to introduce our friends to Jesus. The way we keep them safe with our check-in and check-out process, the way we make sure we have specific leaders identified who will take our friends to the bathroom, that leaders know how to help our friends go to the bathroom, that parents feel comfortable leaving their children with us. All of those things are chances for us to show our friends Jesus. And so just want to encourage you guys in that, um, that we want to be very intentional 
also the structure of our club. Um, I think I think most people in our region now are doing a reverse order where we do the club talk towards the beginning. If you're not, I would love to encourage you to try it. Um, for our friends with limited attention spans, oftentimes b- doing the club talk, like if you have dinner and then doing going ahead and doing your content song and going ahead and doing the club talk, they're going to have their highest attention span right then, and it'll just go down further in the night. And so then picking up with the games and the more energetic songs later in your club is going to really give them the best chance to hear the gospel and hear about Jesus who loves them more than anybody in the world. And so if you don't do a reverse club order, I would love to talk to you more about what that looks like and give you tools to implement that. Um, Songs and games that dignify our friends, I think oftentimes... Um, especially if you have leaders in your area that are parents or that are older, it sometimes can feel like we're dumbing stuff down or really choosing childlike songs, which don't get me wrong, all the high school musical songs, I'm trying to think of all the great, there's so many, but I do want to make sure that and encourage you guys to really choose songs and games that dignify our friends. Um, you may have some friends in your club that don't mind being the recipient of a messy game, but I know like South Charlotte's Club, they always, if it's a messy game, they have the leader be the one getting messy, and the Capernaum friend gets to, like, throw stuff at their face. What'd y'all do, pizza on faces on Thursday? Bless y'all. Um, so that's just a simple way that we get to send, set our friends up well. Um, you may think you know one of our Capernaum friends and think they can handle a messy game, and then they leave feeling really embarrassed or uncomfortable, and that is the last thing we want. And so I want to encourage you guys just to really, every song and game you pick, pick ones that are going to dignify our friends um, to the utmost. Um, And then another tool that has just come out that I want to make sure you all know we have. um, Again, I think people are really starting to lean into this, but using the same scripture for your club talks all semester. Um, As you know, our friends have a very wide variety of learning, what's the word I'm looking for, Um, styles. And so in our club talks, we want to hit as many of those as possible. But one constant that we're seeing across the nation that's very helpful for our Capernaum friends is sticking with the same scripture through the entire semester. It just, by the end of the semester, majority of your friends are going to be able to tell you exactly what the story was about, who the characters were, what they learned about Jesus. And there's some really great tools. There's a book by Ty Saltzgiver that if you don't have it, I'd love to get it for you, um, where he takes gospel stories and like picks out 10 different points you can make with them. And so that's a great tool as you're working on your club talk timeline. Um, But we now have a Google Drive that as areas have mapped out semester-long club talks with the same scripture, we're putting all of those plans into one Google Drive so that y'all aren't having to start from scratch if you need help. So um, I have shared that with all of your team leaders. If they don't have it, tell them to come tell me and I will make sure to get that so that your area and your team can have that resource because it's definitely huge. And we don't want you to have to do all the work when it's already been done for you. You know what I mean? Um, And then one other kind of plug towards, like, fundamentals of Capernaum is that our, the disability community is vast. And there, you know, you have ones that seem pretty straightforward, like, oh, Down syndrome, I can kind of tell you the overview of most people who happen to have Down syndrome, to we're not sure what this person has, we don't know. And I think sometimes as a Capernaum leader, you can experience one of two things, You can either feel debilitated by that, like I'm never going to know enough, I'm never going to know enough about this friend to love them well or be a good enough young life leader to them, 
Or you can maybe go on the other spectrum of like, I need to learn everything. I'm going to research everything. I'm going to figure this out. And I want to encourage you guys as young athletes, that's not our job. I want to challenge you guys. Yes, we want to know our friends' disabilities and we want to get to know them individually a hundred percent. But more important than that is to be willing to listen, to be willing to be taught and willing to be humble. And I think if you're willing to do those three things, you're more times than not going to be totally fine. Um, being teachable, whether it's from your team leader, from parents, I think a lot of times, especially if you're a college leader, it can be really intimidating to talk to a parent. Um, I would say one thing I would always encourage my leaders is call, start calling parents by their first names. If you want them to view you as an adult that's responsible enough to take care of their child, you're going to have to demand that respect. And I think one of that, and if they say, no, please call me Mr. or Mrs., obviously do that. But it's one way that they're going to start viewing you as an adult and looking at you differently if you assert that confidence. Um, but not being afraid to ask them, hey, we have loved having your son or daughter at club. Can you help me know the best way to care for them while they're with us? Whether that's bathrooming, helping them eat, whatever the need is, a parent is always, a hundred times over, going to prefer that you ask them how to care for their child than trying to figure it out, and it ends poorly. Like, they've got it figured out. They've been caring for their child their whole life. So don't be afraid. Um, again, if you need wording or thoughts on how to approach parents, talk to your team leader. Come talk to me. I would love to help you think through some wording for that. Absolutely. Um, and then also, just being respectful. I think a lot of times the disability community language changes so much. I met with a mom in Charleston not long ago and she kept saying my son with special abilities. And I, so I said, I was like, oh, is that the term you prefer? Is that kind of where, is that what, you know, the school he goes to, is that what they're using? And she was like, no, to be honest, I can't really keep up with the proper language or what's politically correct anymore, but I just prefer to say that my son has special abilities. And so being respectful, using person first language, I can't stress this enough, to really dignify our friends by saying, oh, this is my friend Kate who happens to have autism. Like putting her first and saying my, instead of saying my autistic friend Kate. It's just one small thing we can do to dignify like, hey, you're Kate, you're not your disability. Does that make sense? Um, so yeah, wanted to encourage you with those things. So any quick questions or thoughts? I know that was a breeze. Again, I'm happy to set up um, a video call that anybody can join in the next month to go a little deeper on those things, but wanted to hit a few of those points. Any thoughts, suggestions for people doing ministry that anybody's found? Yeah. Like for you to fill out for your child when they're going to a Young Life Club? Right, for the leaders and the children. Yes, so we have a student information form that hopefully all areas are using. Is your child actively involved in a Capernaum ministry in your area? Great, let's talk after. I'm going to make sure they get that form. But we do have a form in Young Life that asks for all of your information and has all kinds of detailed questions like, okay, if we see your child having this behavior, how would you like us to respond? And so we um, file those, and we make sure we have those on-site at club. We make sure our leaders have reviewed those. Um, but, yes, we do have a form that we want all parents to fill out for their child attending and any events with us. Yeah, let's talk after. Awesome. Anything else? Yeah. Um, what kind of like steps do we take or after the I can really, really contact with parents are kind of unresponsive or 
Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, ultimately, because of our friend's situation, if their parent doesn't want to hang out with them, we can't force that. Um, I would say, similarly to how we keep in traditional life, and we should be doing continuing to chase after kids. Like, you know, if they're like, hey, don't call our house anymore, I would stop calling your house. But I would say, don't maybe blow up their phone all the time, but I wouldn't stop. I would, you know, I'm thinking back to my young life leader. I literally hid from her in my school cafeteria. I did not want to talk to her. And she just kept at it. And now she was a bridesmaid in my wedding. And she's like, almost 50. And so I, I would say don't stop, you know, and I think parents maybe aren't used to that. Parents who have children with special needs may not be used to someone pursuing their child that hard. And I think a way and potentially saying, Hey, I would love, could you and I have a phone conversation? Can I tell you more about what young life is and helping educate them on who we are, what we do, explaining the safety parameters we have in place, like these forms, having a check-in, check-out thing at club, all those things. And then maybe asking, hey, can I ask you why, you know, what would make you feel more comfortable? Or is there anything we can do that would make it the best situation for you to entrust your child to us? And putting the ball in their court so that they're feeling like they're heard, that you are hearing them and valuing what they say. But, I, yeah, I would just say keep being diligent, keep running after it, pray for it, I think, Sometimes we just get so, in Young Life, we can just focus on our contact work club campaigners, but the power of prayer and just starting to pray that the Lord will soften that parent's heart, and you never know what he's going to do. So that would be my encouragement. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I tell everyone to buy it, and then I always forget the name. I'm going to, Kristen, will you Google the Thai salts giver? Thank you. Um. It's really good. And if you're, you should tell your air director to buy it for you. And if you won't, I'll get it for you. So you don't have to pay for it. It's really good. Awesome. Um, it's like, anyway, I'm blank on it. Okay. Um, cool. I would love to jump into discipleship. So like I said, we now have, t- yes, that's it. Yes. Will you hold that book up? Thank you, Katie McCarver. That is the book. What's it, what's it called? Yes, so in that book, it's a little pamphlet, but Ty Saltzgiver takes all these gospel stories and gives you like 10 bullet points for every single one out of that one story. So it's really helpful as you're trying to expand one story across a whole semester. There's a lot of points in that. Thank you. Awesome. Okay, let's jump into discipleship. Um, In Capernaum, I think discipleship seems really scary and really hard. And I might be completely off base on that, but that's the vibe I get as I talk to leaders in areas. So I would love to hear from you guys. So raise your hand, shout stuff out, whatever. When you think about discipleship or campaigners with our Capernaum friends, what is intimidating about it or what seems hard, what makes you nervous, kind of what is blocking you from feeling like you can just chase the runway with it? Yeah. I guess finding the story in the Bible that they would understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, making sure you know kind of what intellect level I'm going to be hitting. Yeah, for sure. What else? Yeah, for sure. How do you disciple a friend that can't respond verbally or you're not going to get an answer when you ask a question? Absolutely. Accidentally triggering someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think another one can be if you're an adult or career leader, like, well, I barely have time for a club. How am I also going to find time to meet with all of these friends? Like, you know, I barely have time for a club and contact work. How am I also going to have time to meet with friends one-on-one or two-on-one to go deeper? I think can be an issue for people. What if their parents aren't believers? I think because there is such a dependence there, that can be really intimidating. Um, I know of a leader who invited a Capernaum friend to church and their parents were Catholic and the mom was like, nope, sorry, you're not taking my kid. And that was very disappointing. And it's hard when there is such a dependence and to feel like that door's just shut in your face. Anything else? Yes, that's a great option. That, that, mm-hmm. that family didn't really go to church. They were like holiday Catholics. Mm-hmm. But if it were a different family, that could be a great option, 100%. Yeah. Um, well, I think it feels really scary. And so I wanted to just start this dialogue in our region. Um, like I said, we're very young in Capernaum here. And I don't know that there's any area that would be like, yep, we got campaigners figured out. Come talk to us. We know everything. Like, I don't think there's a single, I wouldn't say that. I don't think, I don't think there's any Capernaum staff person that would say that personally. But, um, but I want to start the conversation and give you some thoughts and some ideas towards taking a step forward. Um, this isn't something I don't want you ever to feel like, okay, when I think about discipleship, we need to have every single friend in our club having someone disciple them in a month. Never going to happen, except maybe in Clemson with 500 million leaders. But um, I do want you to think of, okay, what if we just took this one step? What result, if we did this one thing, what would we want to see happen by May? So I want to um, start by thinking, okay, we, have our, we could have our friends. Our age range in Capernaum is 14 to 22 years old. That is eight years and if we are not thinking through how to disciple our friends within the eight years that we could know them, we are not loving them. And we are not believing that Jesus is bigger and better and greater than our ability to sh- open the Bible with them. So in that, wanted to say, if you are not doing campaigners, if you whether it's you don't have capacity, you don't have enough leaders, whatever the reason, if you don't, aren't actively doing campaigners, what if you just started small and after your club talk, you did a need and need time? where um, I know Greenville does this. I think a few other areas do this. But you, after, as soon as the club talk's over, I know what Greenville does is they put, what, two questions up on the screen, and a leader takes, a like, what, four or five friends, sits in a circle, and just talks through those two questions. And it helps them gauge their friend's understanding. Their friends get to start process, processing it right away. And it's another chance to have an intentional conversation. So, yeah. Uh, being in Greenville, yeah. Day, like, yeah, yeah. What's your favorite movie? Bridgen. Yeah, and then second question is always a little more in depth. Like you dive in a little bit. Yeah. To the word. So it's, it's really cool. It opens them up and it really just kind of gets them uh, thinking. Rather yeah. than just kind of sometimes like I feel like hopping right into it. They're mm-hmm. just like kind of a little bit like, oh, like shut down a little bit. It pulls in their focus a little more. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When I was so impressed when I saw it, it was, yeah, so great. So if you're not at a place where you feel like you're ready to pull the trigger on a completely separate campaigners, start there. That's small. That's easy. It's maybe 10 or 15 minutes and maybe dial down the dance party at the end of your club and hone in on that, you know? Um, 
if you if your leader schedules are hard and it's hard to find another night of the week that all of your leaders can fit into their schedule to do something for young life what if once a month instead of having club you switch it to campaigners you know you just drop one club down add in a campaigners you're not having for yourselves you're not having to add in another night um and hopefully eventually that'll grow and then you would be able to find a different night so you can keep doing club but another way to start um helping your friends test the waters with that it's also a really great thing when you take your friends to camp and they experience cabin time, coming back and getting campaigners going because they've been used to cabin time. They're used to sitting around talking about the Bible. And so it's a really easy segue to say, like, hey, we're going to have cabin time. Remember when we did that at camp? We're going to do that back at home. So um, I want to encourage you guys with that. Um, and then also one thing, Katie posed this question to me at one point. That worked. Okay. Um, I didn't set this up for the record. Um, is with traditional Young Life, um, a lot of the times it's kind of like, oh, we want to invite everybody, but we really do want campaigners to be for friends that want to dive deeper. What is our position on it with Capernaum friends? Like, are we wanting to spread the net wide or do we want it to be a specific invitation? And I would say, because we believe our friends have the ability to be discipled, we believe that they have the ability to have a deeper understanding of scripture, to know Jesus, we want it to be a personal invite. We want it to be for our friends that are wanting that, who um, I would say we don't want it. while yes, we want to be a great place where parents feel they can entrust us with their child, we don't want it to just be another respite hour. We do want it to be a very intentional time where we're opening the Bible and talking about Jesus. And so I would say, if that means not announcing campaigners at club, don't announce it at club. And let it be a one-on-one invitation or reaching out to parents by phone um, because we do want it to be an intentional time. We are talking about Jesus, we are opening the Bible together, and we wanna set our friends who do care about that up well and so that we're not having friends in the room that are goofing off and making fart noises and all the things that we get to giggle at in Capernaum. So that would be my, my encouragement there. Um, but I know that feels very anti-young life because you always announce campaigners at club. But we can do things differently. We get that privilege. Um, also, we want to simplify. We don't want to dumb down. And I think that can feel awkward and hard. And where is that line? Um, But I was talking to a friend the other day, and we were talking about discipleship, and she was telling me that with her small group of Capernaum girls, she was like, Emily, I invited all my friends over. We had, I brought, had them each bring their own Bible, and then I made sure I had several different translations, and we made sure we had five different translations of the Bible, and we picked one story. We read it out loud in all five versions. We talked through the differences. We talked about which ones they liked and didn't like. And then we picked the one that we felt like gave us the best understanding. And then that's the one we're going to talk about for the next few months. Like, what? That's awesome. And so that was simplifying things and taking it a step slower. But what a great chance to get to sit with your friends, talk about why there's different versions of the Bible, read through different versions, what's different about them. Like, that's such a gorgeous opportunity. I thought that was such a good idea. Um, And letting them then also feel like they have ownership in their Bible study the rest of the semester. So simplifying and not dumbing down because we believe our friends have full abilities to understand who Jesus is and how much he loves him. Them. 
Um, we also have a few tools just in Young Life. We have spiritual resumes. That's a chance you could sit down with a friend one-on-one and walk through, hey, what do you think your gifts that God has given you are? And then you can, as their leader, have the chance to speak into that and say, well, when I've seen you at club, I have seen that you are so great at welcoming everybody, giving them hug, knowing hugs, knowing their names. That is so, like you have the gift of making anyone that walks in the room feel so loved, you know, and getting that opportunity to share that with them. They may not have ever had anyone tell them something like that. Um, so that's something we have in our regional resource drive. We have these also these things called individual discipleship plans, you know, play on IEPs. Um, where you can sit with them and kind of make a plan about what, how you can grow their discipleship and growing deeper in Christ and what that looks like. Um, so those are great tools that we have. Um, we have a Capernaum blog that's run by the division. It's ylcapernaumeverywhere.blogspot.com. But they... Um, I'm not sure how often they post, but they have a lot of great resources, a lot of awesome Capernaum staff people write posts. Um, there's a lot of great ones on discipleship. So just wanted you guys to have that resource. Again, it's ylcapernaumeverywhere.blogspot.com. Um, so yeah, those are kind of thoughts just like when you think about starting discipleship that I wanted to share with you. Any thoughts right there? Um, okay, would love to dive in a little deeper with thoughts on campaigners and specifically planning campaigners, planning lessons, how to do it, where to do it, stuff like that. Um, campaigners is part of what we do in Young Life. So we do, if you're not having campaigners actively right now, we want you to be working towards that and having some sort of plan of how you're going to get there. Um, it's such a gift to get to sit around Um whether it's a couch, someone's home, Chick-fil-A, whatever it is, and talk about Jesus with our friends. And I, I hope you view it as that as a gift and not just another tedious thing. So um, there's a lot of different models, splitting guy-girl and having guy leaders meet with guys, girl leaders meet with girls, doing big group campaigners, and then splitting off the second half of the hour. Um, maybe it's one leader meeting with two or three girls. I do want to encourage you just with the trajectory of our society and as scary as it is we live in a society where it's sinful and broken and so I do want to encourage you to start thinking through we do want to make sure that leaders aren't alone one-on-one um we hope we do hope it'll be like two leaders will be present wherever kids are so want y'all to start making sure and thinking through that how you're going to implement that just because we want our friends to feel safe we don't ever want our leaders to ever be accused of anything that wasn't true Um, and I know that's hard because majority of the time you don't have enough leaders, but we want to set you guys up and your Capernaum friends well on that. So that's why I just would encourage instead of doing like one leader with two or three girls, especially in a campaigner setting when there's a lot more vulnerability, what would it look like if it were two leaders with three or four girls instead of one on two? So just wanted to plug that, um, One cool thing, I went to a training time in Nashville for Capernaum, and there's this process called storying that was just so great to learn. And essentially what it is, is taking a story of scripture, and you have one person read it aloud while everybody else listens, and then everybody looks and reads along with it, and then you tell it back, and then you ask a few questions on it, and then if you keep going with it, eventually you would act it out. 
But you can kind of use it in two ways. You can use it as a team when you're planning, whether it's your club talks for the semester or your campaign lessons for the semester. It helps you pull out all the different points you can make about a story. It helps you learn the scripture really, really well, so you don't necessarily have to read it from your Bible. Um, as many of you know, not we have a lot of friends that can fully understand every single word in scripture, but we have a lot of friends who may not be able to follow along, but they can follow along when they're told a story. And so the hope in storying is learning a story in scripture that you would tell as if it was something you had experienced yourself. You know, any one of us could get up and I could say, hey, tell me about what you did with your team for dinner last night. And you'd get animated and you'd be like, oh, well, Katie said this funny story and then Clay was dancing outside the diner and I put it on Instagram and all this stuff. You know, like, it's so easy to talk about your own life. And we want, this, we want scripture to be that easy and exciting to talk about also. And so taking the time with your team, um, I would love to come to any of your areas and teach you this process, but it's a way for us to learn scripture um, where we can just just get to tell it like a story, but in a very accurate way. That's the cool thing about it is it makes sure as you do it with your team, you hold each other accountable to making sure you're not leaving anything important out and that you're not adding anything in that wasn't actually in the scripture. Um, so it's got that accountability in it while learning to tell it in a non-word-to-word way. Um, and then another way you can use it is with your friends and camp- in campaigners. You could take one piece of it every single week at club like the first week you can have them listen to it and talk do an activity with that the second week you could have them open it up follow it along you know and kind of space it out that way with them so would love to tell any of you more about that at any point um and then the other option is just going deeper from your club talks which i kind of feel like might be the go-to a lot of times which is so great um in capernium club we get anywhere from five to nine minutes to get to share the gospel that's not very much time. And so getting to take an hour later that week or the next week and really dig deeper of like, hey, do you remember what we talked about in club? What part did you like? Was there any part that didn't you didn't understand? Um, how do you think Jesus felt when that happened? Or how did you feel when you heard that part? Um, but getting around to sit around and go a little deeper there is also a great tool. Any other thoughts on campaigners? For those of you doing it, suggestions, things that have worked, things that you would warn against? Any thoughts? Cool. I feel like I'm talking very fast. I do that sometimes. Um, okay, so then my one other encouragement I wanted to say is that a lot of times, yes, Capernaum is different than traditional young life, but I believe, and we as a mission believe, that ultimately discipling our friends in Capernaum is just like you would disciple a traditional high school student. And if you stop and think about it, it really is. So um, when if you've ever had someone disciple you, if you think through, it might look like them pursuing you. Like we were just talking about pursuing that parent to see if they'll eventually, you know, them or my leader who kept coming up to me in the cafeteria no matter how hard I tried to hide from her. That pursuit, that continuous invitation to come alongside, to come be a part of their life, um, Asking questions deeper than just how was your day, whether it's, hey, what are you struggling with right now? Or what's hard for you right now? Or maybe it's great questions like, what do you love most about your life? Or who's your, I don't know, who's your best friend and why? You know, like you get the chance to answer all these, talk about through all these questions. Opening the Bible together, getting to say, hey, I don't know what that means. And letting that be okay. Um, those are all things that traditional 
you do when you disciple traditional high schoolers? Well, those are all things we want to do with our Capernaum friends. We want to invite them alongside us, invite them into our lives, whether it's, hey, I've got to go to the grocery store, you want to come with me? Or, um, I don't know, i got to run these errands, you want to come with me? Just inviting them into your life, letting them be a part of it, that's going to deepen your relationship. I think another big part of discipleship, when I think back to my favorite time with my Young Life Leader, is when we would go Black Friday shopping at 3 in the morning. Like, literally my favorite thing we have ever done. And it's because we were having an adventure. We were experiencing something together. And that's a great thing you can do with your friends, too, you know? Like, inviting them, hey, I'm going here, or I'm going on this trip, or it may not be a trip. Whatever, you know? Inviting them into an experience that you get to do with them. Um, Bring them alongside you as you serve others. I think we in... Capernaum often ask a lot of buddies in other traditional areas, what would it look like if you took a Capernaum friend to go run the PowerPoint at a traditional club's traditional young life club? You know, like that'd be a cool thing. Let them see. Maybe you take them to the one that's the high school they go to, and then they get to see friends that they see or other kids they see in the hallway. Who knows what the Lord's going to do with that? You know what I mean? Um, opening the Bible with them. Like I said, gave you that example of whether it's different versions, sitting down with them, just opening scripture choosing a story, reading through it, asking questions, talking about it. What do you think they felt? What do you think the day was like? What do you think his face looked like when he said that? Any of those questions, just sitting down, not being afraid to open the Bible and talk about it. And hear me say loud and clear, it's okay to not always have the answers. I don't think there's anybody that has all the answers. But I think a good response is, hey, I don't know that, but I want to figure it out, and let's talk about that next time. Like, I'm going to go ask somebody that might know, you know, so that they see... You cared enough about not knowing that that you want to figure it out and come back to them. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, letting them ask questions, not rushing them. I think for our, um, it can feel uncomfortable to sit in silence, but letting that be okay. One thing that there's a girl who's on Capernaum staff in outside of Nashville, and she runs or she has a campaigner group where I think there's maybe one or two verbal friends and then like three or four nonverbal friends. And when she asks questions, she'll say things like, hey, we I just asked a question where we answered with our voices. I'm going to ask another question. We know I don't know her friend's name, but say her friend's here. Sarah doesn't use her voice to communicate. So for this next question, we're all going to answer like Sarah does. And I'm going to ask the question and we're all going to think the answer in our minds. You know, what a cool way to dignify Sarah, give her the chance, but then also let your other friends experience what Sarah experiences, you know, and letting that be okay and just sitting in silence. And that might take some time to warm up to. Some friends may not be able to sit still or can't not say something, but if you do it enough, it'll be okay, you know, and you can build up to it like, okay, this time we're going to sit quiet for five seconds and maybe you can work your way up to 30 seconds. So, um, yeah, and then... Um, And then inviting to church. We did just kind of hit on that. Um, But I think that's another beautiful way for friends whose parents may not be involved in church or whatever. I really do love your suggestion of if the parent doesn't feel comfortable going to that denomination saying, well, could I come with you? Like, what a beautiful experience, not only to enter into that with your friend, but with their family. That is a great aspect of our job is we get to, not our job, sorry, my job, our ministry, um, is that we get to enter into this with families and not just our friends most of the time. And so getting to cross that boundary and be a part of that with them. So um, all that to say, would love to encourage you guys to start small, start thinking through, okay, if in the next four months, 
what, what are we in, February? Yeah, in the next four months, what would it look like if we tried this one thing? What, what would we want to see the Lord do with it? And so I want to encourage you guys, if you're actively involved in ministry, um, would love for you this weekend to find time with your team, whether it's over lunch or dinner tonight or whatever, and think through and discuss what, what could this one thing we could do? What, could, what is one thing we could do in our area that would move us a step closer to being able to disciple our friends? Um, yeah, I think one thing um, I think I skipped over, but I know a lot of areas do the each one reach one thing where like, okay, say we have 20 friends in our club, but only have five leaders. Okay, well, if we're not discipling intentionally any friends right now, but each of the five of us took one friends, that's five friends that are being discipled that weren't. So, excuse me. So it can be as small as that. Um, and then I also think holding each other accountable, you know, hey, did you hang out with your friend this week? Or when are you going to do it for the next time? That sort of thing. So start small, think through what could be the one step for your team, your ministry, your area, and start doing it. You know, you're not going to move any further in it until you try. Um, Be okay with failure. If something doesn't work, that's okay. Learn from it. Try something else. Move forward. Keep moving the ball forward. Um, And yeah, just moving steps toward campaigners. We want all of our friends in this region, all Capernaum friends in this region, to get the opportunity and chance to hear about Jesus in a very, very intentional way. So we'd love any questions. At this point, if y'all want to ask questions outside of discipleship and campaigners, feel free to. Um, I think we have about 15 minutes before I'm supposed to hardcore be done, but I'm great to wrap earlier than that. But we'd love any questions y'all have or thoughts, comments, concerns. Yeah. Great. That's great. That's an awesome suggestion. Thank you. What else? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go here first and I'll come to you. Uh, so how would you suggest going about, like, getting kids involved if you're, like, an educator or, like, a teacher? Oh, I so wish Rebecca Killen was in this room. There's a leader in Sumter who's a special education teacher at our high school and is a Capernaum leader, and she's killing it. But um, I would – well, are you, are you a special ed teacher? Um, I, one is start, and I, do you have traditional Young Life at your school? Um, well, I'm a wildlife leader, so we have okay. wildlife, and then there's two high schools in our area. So. Yeah. Um, I think being in the education, oh, go ahead. Capernaum in high school. So 
and then she brought one of her friends, which is really cool because she's in the program. So it's not like a four-year college degree, but they get like a certificate. It's okay. like, hey, you've been to college, you took classes. Oh, like, that's great. Here's your college degree, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, so just like in school set, like we've been talking kind of quietly over here, but like school settings and also like how, like I don't want those two girls to feel left out when there's a room of 35 college kids. Mm-hmm but they're used to Capernaum back home. Mm -hmm. And, like, this is, like, regular. Okay, so wait, can I clarify? Are you asking, like, for friends post-high school how to bring them into Young Life and involve them? Or are you asking, hey, I'm a special ed teacher. How do I do Capernaum ministry in a high school? Both. Okay, cool. Um, For high school ministry and help if you want to get high school Capernaum ministry running, I would say start filling out administration. Um, some principals are like, yes, I want all the Young Life in the school. I don't care. If it's a principal that's like, no, don't talk about Young Life at all, that gets tricky. Um, I think then filling out with parents as a teacher or whether you're a paraprofessional, whatever, you get to know parents because you're putting them in their cars or whatever. Um, getting to know them and start talking about Young Life, like what it is. We have this program called Capernaum. What do you think? Do you think it would be cool in Boone? Do you think it wouldn't? Um, Because honestly, once you have a parent advocate, it really changes and it's allowed, they can have a louder voice a lot of time within the school than if you like need to keep professional boundaries. Um, I really would love to connect you to this girl, Rebecca, just so that she can kind of tell you how she's navigated it. Um... But yeah, I, I mean, I think it's kind of hard because it's so every administration is so different on those boundaries. Um, I don't know, Kristen. Do you have any other thoughts on that one? I don't know. The only thing I would say is that um, as teachers, you send home information probably a lot about special Olympic various other things. And so yeah. I've seen some teachers say, "Hey, once a month on this day, we kind of send home like an activities pack there." Oh yeah, that's good. So asking like, what's your normal like? Yeah. 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 That's great. Kitty, do you have anything you'd add? Any thoughts? Yeah. Sorry. No, you're fine. Would you suggest, so we, because we have two like college girls that go to the regular college life. If we miss like high school and like college life, would that be a well, here's what I would challenge you on there is that our, our Capernaum age limit is 22. So if they're still within 22, if they feel more comfortable in a Capernaum setting, great. Um, where I, graduating our friends is not easy and telling them, oh, you've aged out is the pits. But if you start looking at it as, no, we believe that you have the ability to serve and be a leader in some form or fashion and like speak into that vision, then it changed. that's a whole mindset shift. And so... I would start looking at that. Like, is there, whether it's they want a role to serve in college life, is there a wildlife team that they could serve on? You know, I think a lot of times we limit what we think our friends can do. Um, could, is it someone that can do the, can they do the PowerPoint? Could they run that for a wildlife club and kind of be a leader there? You know, could they be at a traditional high school? That could be a thing. I don't know. Um, so within 22, if they're more comfortable in a Capernaum setting, great. Outside of 22, figuring out that if they want to be a part of Young Life College, start working with the Young Life College team. How can we slightly adapt club? Maybe turn the music down a hair. Maybe put a few less words on the screen so that it helps them read better when they sing along. Um, can we set her up well to be involved in a game that's going to dignify her? You know, like helping advocate for these two girls in that club. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. Um,
college life, and he did like traditional young life at Bishop Anglin in Charleston. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, completely, like, I think I'm having uh, lunch with his mom next week. And Yeah, yeah, if club's way too overstimulating, still taking, like, kind of reiterating what the club talk was that night. Yeah, that's great. Don't be afraid to use headphones, earplugs, whatever, tone it down for them. Always, you know, try that, see if that would work if you can't get the music low enough. Yeah. Yeah, please. Mm-hmm. you know, important churches yeah. and all these different things we do that we as advocates of that population are actually, like, advocating, like, actually yeah. doing it and saying, hey, this is what's best instead of just saying, hey, we, you know, we hope this goes well. Right. That yeah, no, right. that's a great word. Um, yeah. Just making sure those people each week for those two girls in particular, yeah. you know, have people in that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, you can do either. So we do have two full weeks of camp at Carolina Point in the summertime that are just for Capernaum friends. So the schedule is made for them. Bedtime's at 9.30. It's the greatest thing in the world. Um, yeah, and Carolina Point is built for Capernaum friends. Everything is wheelchair accessible. So we have two full weeks of camp there, but then also there is the opportunity if you have friends that are at the functioning level that could hang with a traditional week of camp, then yes, you're absolutely welcome to take them there. We want areas to do what's best for their friends. So it's only uh, at Carolina Point? Um, The Capernaum weeks are only at Carolina, well, there's one at Southwind. Um, But yeah, two at Carolina Point, one at Southwind in Florida. Um, But if you want to go to a traditional camp, you could go to any if your friends, if it's the best choice for them and their families feel good about it. Yeah. Any other questions, thoughts? Yeah. So I did summer staff at Trail West, and we had a girl for two sessions. So the session I was on, she's from Wichita, and she was our gardener, and like it was the most amazing. Like it was so much fun for her. Mm-hmm. And they had a girl with session before from the same area. So yeah. So like I keep in t- contact with her, and like her being able to go to like a traditional like summer staff like Yeah, when you start talking about discipleship camping, that's a whole other ballgame in Capernaum because we went from having no options to a billion. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of options. We've, there's summer staff opportunities, work crew opportunities. There's plunge weeks. There's wilderness weeks, um, young lives, childcare. Yeah, there's definitely a lot that we are trying to set up for our friends to be able to go and serve. Absolutely. Cool. You had a thought question? Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, I, Mm-hmm. where 
traditionally with young life, you know, it's really directly with the kids and kind of we leave the parents out. Mm -hmm. But with wildlife, you know, they're young and you know you have some girl wanting to take your daughter out to Chick Fil A. You have no idea who she is. So right. with wildlife, you kind of have to have that relationship Absolutely. with the parents. Absolutely. The same with Capernaum. You know, to get yeah. attendance in the camp is to have a relationship with the parents. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. If you're an educator, um, one of the things that our teachers do at Capernaum High School for our Capernaum is a private Facebook. Oh. And just like the Tim Tebow dance, mm -hmm. Joy Prom, any other activity, Young Life is just pushed. Yeah, so parents school. can choose to join. It's like, and it's hey, not. This is available for your right. Because first they have to choose to be a part of Facebook. Yeah, yeah. But Ooh, that's a good suggestion. We just, we just push it out there as yeah. like one regular other opportunity for you. Oh, that's great. Time. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good suggestion. Thanks. Cool. Any other final thoughts, questions? If you have anything else or specific situational stuff you want to come ask me about directly, please feel free. I'll be right outside for a little while. But so glad that all of y'all are in this room. Can I close this in prayer real quick? Um, Father, thank you so much for all of the people in this room that clearly have a heart for our Capernaum friends. Lord, I just pray over them, their ministries, Father. Um, we know that where two or three are present, you two or three are gathered, you are present. Lord, we know you are here today. We are. We know you are present anytime our friends are gathered and so we just ask for more opportunities to be together um lord i just praise you for the way that this room has grown over the last six years thank you for the opportunity to be in this with everyone in this room lord we love you so much amen thank y'all well thanks for listening to this seminar from emily wallace again if you have any questions about leading or starting capernaum you will want to contact her she's amazing i'll have her information again in the show notes until next time.